Good morning, welcome to Emmett Audio. It's been a while. Um, I remember why. No, there's been a lot of family stuff going on. New schedule with everyone on summer vacation. And I just haven't had a lot of time for myself, honestly. Which has felt a little out of balance. Um, I'm used to spending lots of time by myself. And certainly the time that I spend by myself doing this has been really important for my mental health. Now, I think the dog walk is going to be mine alone for the next couple of weeks because we're taking care of a neighbor's cat, cats and chickens and quails. And we've basically been telling the girls to go do that. So instead of coming on the dog walk, they walk over there and do that. And that actually is sort of the equivalent of a dog walk for them. So it gives me the dog walk back. But uh, yesterday I built something with my niece and nephew that I've wanted to build for a while now, which is a weight sled. If you're not familiar with what a weight sled is, look up Knees Over Toes guy. He's a, a guy my age in Florida who had terrible knees and then started uh, learning how to fix them. And it involved going against a lot of the orthodoxy of how you should exercise and what's important. And one of the things that he found most helpful for bad knees was pulling a weighted sled backwards. I'm not going to be able to cite the studies that he cites, but um, I think his name is Ben Patrick. Uh, the thing that stuck in my mind was that apparently Finnish loggers have unusually good knee health. And in the tradition of Finnish logging, you do a lot of dragging logs out of the woods, walking backwards. And that was one of the things that got him thinking about uh, how, how to apply forces on the knees that would make them stronger in ways that would be good. And one of the things he figured out was that walking backwards is really good and important for doing that. And that doing so, pulling a sled, a weighted sled is even better. So I've been wanting to do a weighted sled for the last year. And this winter I thought, oh, I'll, I'll drag around a sled with a giant snowball on it. Well, that didn't work particularly well because the conditions kind of sucked. And it turns out the sled wasn't very good for that purpose. And then I've been contemplating buying a sled. Um, but it always felt like, ugh, to buy anything that wasn't just a piece of junk, it's going to cost more money than I was willing to spend. And then I was watching the movie Extraction 2 with Chris Helmsworth, which I do not recommend to anyone unless you are into a lot of violence, like more than your average movie level of violence. But in the movie, he's has one of those like amazing rocky fight scene rehabilitation scenes where they splice from image to image of him doing exercises. And one of the exercises he does is he's pushing a weight sled. He isn't pulling it, but he's pushing it. And he's out in some, I don't know, cabin in the 
in Austria or something like that. And he is pushing what is clearly a homemade wooden sled full of rocks. And I thought, aha, I can do that. And then I remembered that I was considering, just had it on my to-do list of like this weekend, let's do that. And then as I was considering what I was gonna use for runners, I remembered that someone gave us a pair of old skis. We were pretty sure we were never gonna use last winter. As we were skiing by their house, they said, hey, would you be interested in taking these old skis? And we had them kicking around the barn. So I was able to saw down the old skis and use them as runners. And then, uh, it actually, well, at least we'll see how well it holds up, but using all scrap material, I was able to uh, build a weight sled. And then my niece helped me pick out a rock from the stone wall. That would be good. And I tried pulling it around the yard. I'm going to try it for my workout this morning. But I'm really excited about it. And it's sort of in line with an ethos I'm trying to have, which is that you don't need to buy the equipment you need to do your workouts. Now, sometimes it's helpful, but, but uh, to the extent that you are held back from doing something because you feel like you can't spend the money, I, I love reminding, I love reminding myself and getting the reminder that you can put in some time and creativity and come up with something that serves the same purpose and is uh, and, and works just as well. Um, and certainly this weight sled is that. Another great example in my own life would be uh, the chin-up bar that I built out of some two by fours and a chunk of sapling, which is mounted over one of our doorways and, and works great. And it's, you know, in some ways it makes it harder to do chin-ups because the chin-up bar is not like a, I think if you were to have a narrow bar that you could grab more easily, you would get a better grip, but it's better for building grip strength because it is not, because it's a little fatter. Um, I am planning to, I'm on the lookout for some tree crotches that I can use to make some neutral grip, chin-up grips over a different doorway. And I'm currently thinking of how I can make a setup with a pulley and a bit of rope in one of the doorways to do, um, to essentially clip a 60 pound kettlebell to and then use that to do uh, essentially pull-downs with that. So, all of this is to say, uh, you don't need to buy the things you need to exercise with. Some stuff like kettlebell I think is really helpful, but other stuff is not as necessary. Now, this gets into my other thing, which is, and I think this is, um, differs from person to person, but as I, as I think about what has worked for me in my exercise, it has not worked for me to follow someone else's exercise regime, in part because it encourages me to not listen to my body, but it also feels like it's um, taking some of the agency of the process away from me. So 
Um, so for instance, if I was to, you know, join some app and do their guided exercise things, I understand that for some people that's like, gives them motivation and, uh, you know, especially in the moment and sort of gives them a bunch of things to do. For me, that has never worked. And when I've done that, I've found it demotivating to feel like the way to exercise was to follow what someone else was telling me to do. And also, I found it demotivating in the sense that um, I was more likely to push myself too hard and end up being too sore in the following days to exercise again. So it wasn't until I started I had a fly around my head. Come on, Willa. Go. Wasn't until I started um, it wasn't until I started exercising on my own and building an exercise regime that works for me with where I am at the, at the current moment and educating myself more and more about what's the next step on my journey, that exercise has really stuck for me. It was always too much like sink or swim, jump in the deep end, too much. And I think, I think this is where calisthenics is really great because you know everyone feels like okay I could do some sit-ups or push-ups or whatever equivalent jumping jacks or whatever today all right let's do that today all right maybe I feel like mixing in one or two other cool exercises that I'd like to try okay let's try that and see how it feels right and slowly over time you build up a practice where different exercises flow in and out and you're trying to pay attention to where do I need to be stronger where what do I need to do to balance things out what are my upcoming goals and you know what injuries am I trying not to exacerbate all that stuff needs to be taken into account and it's the sort of thing where you know if you were working one-on-one -on -one with a coach, they would be keeping track of this. And they'd be pushing you just the right amount in just the right ways. And the problem with you know, following some online protocol is that it, at least for me, it short circuits that part of things where I'm thinking critically about what feels good to me and what skills do I need to learn and I'm just following along with somebody and I'm not internalizing it. And I think that's a, I mean, honestly, like this is one of the reasons why I have had reservations about doing my step-by-step -step spoon carving book. It's because I don't like recipes. I do like recipes, but I don't like recipes that are too specific. 
I like recipes that are like, here's the basics of understanding how to do this thing well. But then you decide what you're going to combine it with. And you decide, you know, here are some, here are the principles. I like understanding the principles. The cookbooks, for instance, that I've always liked the most have been cookbooks that are based around principles. Like, you need to understand, well, salt, fat, acid, heat. Um, uh, by Samin Nasrat was one of my favorites um, because it focuses, I, I never really got into her recipes, but it focuses at the beginning of each of those sections, salt, fat, acid, and heat, on how that particular part of things works when you're cooking food. And I find that really helpful. And I think it's I think this level of sort of understanding something at the base level and coming up with something that works for you and recognizing that you're not coming up with like the perfect thing for you, but it's just like, this is where I'm at now. Man, there's a lot of flies out today. And going from there, that I think, um, I don't know, I just think it's a lot like a healthy way to move through the world because it allows you to take in new ideas and incorporate them into your life but at the same time have some agency over your life and some sense of ownership over the things that you're doing with your time this is quite possibly just a mindset that works for people like me who are more independent and someone like my wife who likes working for other people likes doing you know classes where she likes whoever's leading it would think ha that's so silly but i don't know let me know your thoughts Ugh, i'm gonna go swat some flies thanks for listening talk tomorrow